Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cooperative Money Matters Podcast. I'm Mark Carabin from Sydney Credit Union, and this month I'm joined by Yanni Harvis, Sydney Credit Union's uh, manager, branch, and commercial lending. Yanni, how are you doing today? Good, yourself? I'm great. And I'm also joined by Mike Toomey, uh, Sydney Credit Union's lending manager. How are you doing, Mike? Very well. Excellent, excellent. You guys have both been on the show before. Uh, I don't think we need to go too much into uh, the introductions there because hopefully people will have listened before. If you haven't listened to the prior episode with, uh, or any of the prior episodes, not just the one with, uh, with Yanni and Mike, um, go back and do that now. Of course, subscribe and rate and share with your friends because um, the more people that listen to this, hopefully the more people we can help with some um, financial issues and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, today, speaking of financial issues, uh, big topic for Financial Literacy Month uh, this month is uh, being stressed about money. So uh, throughout their lives, nearly one-third of all Canadians feel very stressed about money. That's not just a little bit stressed. Um, you know, they, they can't afford the newest iPhone or whatever it is. Like, this is, this is very stressed, and that's one-third of all Canadians um, on a regular basis. Uh, either often or all the time. Like this is a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly occurrence that's ongoing. And this is according to uh, the Angus Reid Institute who did a big study on this uh, fairly recently. Um, So with November being Financial Literacy Month, we thought we would discuss some ways that you can invest in yourself and help your financial well-being. Uh, So first off, let's talk about debt. Um, do either of you want to chime in right off the bat with uh, some of the most common kinds of debt that we see our members coming in and dealing with? Yeah, one of the most common kinds of debt would be um, student loans, credit cards, right. car loans, um, finance loans, furniture loans, TV loans, laptop loans. Everything. iPhone bills, <laughs> Samsung bills. Yeah. People don't think that that's a debt, but when you sign up with zero down, it's really a, a loan on your bill. Right, right. And yeah, you have to commit to pay that loan down just right. like any other loan. Um, so what are some things when, when people come in and they're stressed about this stuff, what's the first thing you usually do to, to start the ball rolling on, on dealing with that kind of stress? Um, I would say try and figure out how they got there in the first place. Okay. What they think is going to, what they think we may need to do to try and help them get to where they want to go. And the solution that they're looking for, is it the right one or is it just a, a Band-Aid? Right. Right. We try to avoid Band-Aids. Right. Um, so what, what are some of the, the right solutions for people in, in <clears throat> most of these situations? Uh, or does it depend on like a person by person kind of thing? Or is there usually... You know, a right way to do things and a wrong way to do things that you that you normally see. There's always a right way and a wrong way to do things. Um, I mean, it it is mostly uh, per meeting that you have. So each person's situation is going to be a little bit different. Um, the reason why they got there could have been something completely out of contr- out of their control. Maybe an illness, uh, loss of a job, uh, loss of a spouse or a partner or family member, something like that. Uh, loss of a vehicle, um, major repair to your home, um, anything like that. So if it's one of those situations, then we need to see what's left, see what type of damage has it has created, and see what we're working with. Uh, 
Then there's always the other stuff that, you know, you just have too much fun or you spend too much on your credit cards or the limit is there. You don't have self-control um, and you just want to roll it into a loan or back into your mortgage or something like that until you're maxed out on that. And then you get to a point where you can't have any more. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Do you, do you have, you know, similar experience with, uh, with the same kind of stuff or have you noticed anything else that Mike may have, have missed in his descriptions there? No, I think Mike hit it right on the nose. Again, there's extenuating circumstances for, you know, why people might have got into debt, uh, whether that be a student loan and right after school bought a $70,000 vehicle and, uh, you know, or it was a contract employer and got laid off uh, with the oil crisis up in Newfoundland or West in Alberta, something along those lines, and they're now on EI and can't afford payments. It could be many uh, different scenarios, and each scenario, like Mike already mentioned, is different. Mm -hmm. uh, the only other piece that uh, Mike said, and I'll reiterate uh, in maybe different words, is it's always great to go and sit down with someone and uh, talk about your options and uh, potentially see a financial planner or a certified financial planner of some sort, mm -hmm. uh, maybe to get you into the right direction or back in some sort of direction. Right. Right. Uh, I think we'll get into that a little bit later, but I wanted to kind of start things off. Uh, if there's someone listening who is maybe fresh out of school or, or going to be out of school really quickly uh, or really soon, like, you know, this year, the end of the year, something like that, um, you know, they haven't built up too much debt yet. Maybe they have a student loan. Maybe they don't. Um, Let's start with that person and, and talk to them specifically right now. Someone who is young, they haven't developed any bad financial habits yet. Uh, they haven't built up too much, if any, debt. Uh, what are some things that you guys would suggest people do to start developing good financial habits? Sure. Uh, first off, right after school or during school in your last year, get a job uh, so you know income is coming in. That's always huge. Once you know what job you're getting and when you're starting, setting a budget to know what I have to pay, whether that be a student loan or rent, a car payment, whatever the case may be, set a budget, be realistic about it. Uh, if possible, because you're probably, uh, hopefully a tad younger, uh, finishing your first degree, et cetera, your undergraduate, live in your parents' basement for as long as possible if you can. Again, uh, not paying rent, having groceries, etc., gives you the opportunity to pay down a debt that you might already have, like a student debt right. prior to going out on your own. And these are if possible type of scenarios. But again, do a budget, be realistic, get a job, uh, and go from there. Uh, what I do find is the second people get a job, they feel that they need to Maybe it isn't fear of missing out or living like the Joneses. They got to now buy a vehicle. They now need a $1,200 condo uh, for rent or whatnot. You know, just be realistic with your budget. Live at home if possible. Right. And uh, right. be employed. And there, you know, for, for each thing you said, you know, there, there are various levels. If you can't live in your parents' basement, you don't need to buy a house. Maybe you can rent a place. Uh, you may not be able to rent a big place on your own. So maybe you'll have to get a smaller place with roommates. Same thing for the car. You know, sometimes like I know when I graduated, uh, I, the, the job I got was about a half hour drive away from where I was living, which was in my parents' basement. So I needed a car, but it was, you know, you go around and of course I'm out, I'm starting to make some money. And it was, uh, you know, I want a new car. So I'm going around to the car dealerships and looking at new cars and then just kind of snap myself out of that and said, okay, okay, okay. I need to step back. 
there are used cars that I can get that are a couple of years old. And then, you know, I was balancing that between like how old do I want versus how much I'm going to have to put into that car versus getting something that's a couple of years old with some money knocked off of it, but might still have a tiny bit of warranty, exactly. be able to get me on my feet. So there are those kind of balances as well, right? Where you have to be realistic with yourself and your budget. And, and that's where budgeting, I guess, comes into play. But you, you also have to kind of be realistic with yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Again, from personal experience, and uh, I didn't live in my parents' basement for too long uh, after university, there's discretionary and non-discretionary spending. So so needs and wants, uh, things you have to pay and things you, you're choosing to pay for. I think that's where any budget should really start, and, and again, being realistic about it. Right. right. Mike, any, any other good financial habits that people can develop? Um, right away. Yeah, no, I agree with everything that was just said. I think the biggest thing you need to, to um, learn and understand is the value of the dollar. Um, so you know how much money you're earning. You know how much effort it takes to earn that money. So if you're just going to spend it on anything, is it worth the effort that you put into it to get that dollar? Um, and then that way there, it'll allow you to really look at your budget and see what you're spending money on if you have to go to the Tim Hortons drive through every day or if you could buy a box of coffee and then bring your own to work. Stuff like that. Um, And then once you understand the value of a dollar, you need to understand the value of yourself. And the first bill in your budget should always be yourself. So you shouldn't cut yourself out for, you know, weekend snacks or something like that. So, you know, whatever you earn, whether it's a little or a lot, put away a certain percentage of that on every payday because basically you're the, the most important part of your budget. Right, right. Um, for, for people who might have kids, uh, that want to start those kids, is there a way that parents can kind of start teaching their kids at a young age, good financial habits? Like when, is it ever too early to start with good financial habits with, with allowances or, you know, teaching your kids when you said the value of a dollar, you know, that, that really, uh, struck a chord with me my parents kind of instilled that like you know here's the value of this from a very young age it was you know here's the money and here's how much this cost and here's how long it took you to earn that and, and that was kind of instilled in me is that something that that you guys would suggest uh any every parent should do sure it's it's yeah. not for us to tell other parents how to raise their kid but there should be uh some value uh, put on how much it takes or how hard you have to work to earn a dollar. So whether that be a simple thing like chores is a great way and, and a place to start with, with, with children. Right. You know, Sydney Credit Union also has the FADCAD program that does uh, in, instill the value of money at an early age through some of the elementary schools that uh, the FADCAD program is with. So I think that's another piece uh, to, to elaborate on. Perfect, yeah. Um, now, budgeting can definitely be a hard thing to to wrap your head around if you know it's not something they teach in school how to make a budget you know funny I, hey i know yeah you can remember the pythagorean theorem or whatever but it's uh you know when it comes to budgeting it's uh yeah it's, it's not really really focused on so uh we've mentioned budgeting a few times but for someone that's sitting here listening going how, how do we even start a budget mike mentioned paying yourself first but what does that mean you know is there a percentage value where should people start and and how do people go about building a budget is this something they should just be googling or are there a couple of things that that you guys can kind of instill that that people might have a good uh, jumping off point 
I don't know, in my opinion, the best tool for a budget is just a pen and a paper. You know how much money goes into your account on payday, and then you subtract the cost for what you need to keep the, the roof over your head, and then your necessities. So you're going to eat, and your power, and your heat. Um, anything other than that, you know, pay yourself if there's anything left over, and the rest, you know, is is what it is. So you're going to be able to figure out what your how much money is left over when you get your true paycheck because you know we all make an hourly wage and work full time but that's not what we get paid right um <clears throat> so when you see the money go into your bank account then you know a lot for every dollar and if you're the person that you can't do that because it goes into your bank account then take it out at the bank machine and put it in dollar bills on your table and put it in piles so this pile is for rent that pile is for food and the next pile is for whatever, and if you want to allot yourself a couple dollars out of that budget for entertainment or fun, then do that as well. Right. Write everything down. Yeah. That's, I like that, that visualization trick. I've never done that with a full paycheck, but I think that would be kind of um, like kind of a trippy way to, to do things. Like just get my whole paycheck in, in dollars and cents and start stacking things up. I think that uh, for me as a, a kind of creative visual person, um, that, that could be a really powerful trick that I've never employed myself. I've always taken a pen and paper and written things down, like you mentioned before, but I think that just kind of takes it to the next level of like, this is all your money for, for a week or for two weeks. And, and here it is on a table in front of you now start, you know, stacking it up, build your empire kind of thing. You know, right. it's, yeah, uh, exactly. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Any, any, any other things you can throw, throw into that pot? How do you budget? Are you the same way or do you have a different kind of approach to it? Yeah, I agree with Mike. A piece of paper and a pen is the best way to do it. Again, I've said it a couple times now. Being realistic uh, is another thing. Quickly on uh, putting money on the table, there is a, a show or there was a show called Till Debt Do Us Part. And she used to put, I think, the money in the jars. Yeah. And that's how they, they had, because the people that she was dealing with were not great with money. So that was the visualization that they had uh, to put things into perspective. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I use, a, I use a piece of paper and a pen. I use too many pieces of papers and pens. <laughs> uh, but, you know, there are online tools, uh, spreadsheets that you can use as well that kind of uh, provide uh, generic percentages that you should have. So how much should you be spending on your housing expenses, you know, 30%. How much should you be saving or paying yourself first, 15%. You know, so as you get more sophisticated and are looking to plan for the future, there are those excellent tools to use online Mm -hmm. uh, that, again, put things into perspective for the long term. It's easy to do a short-term budget. Sometimes it's hard to visualize where I'm going to be after, you know, a year, five years. And, you know, some of the calculators online are excellent uh, resources. Right. Uh, We've mentioned wants versus needs, the fear of missing out. Um, You know, when when you're building a budget, uh, there are things I think that you really have to take a hard look at yourself and your life and, and be honest with yourself of can I afford to do this? You see people posting pictures of amazing trips on Instagram or wherever and you say, you know, I, I, I'm stuck here eating, you know, craft dinner with a, a C, right? <laughs> like that Mike said earlier when we were chatting. Um, you know, is there... Uh, a time that you really just have to look at, uh, you know, downsizing, scaling back, changing your lifestyle uh, for that fear of missing out. I know that plays a big part in, in people's problem with 
with social media especially and, and you know the online lifestyle of people showing off their best life. Um, could could stepping away from the internet maybe be a good budgeting tip almost while you're setting this stuff up so you're not tempted to look at those kind of things? Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. I mean, you always want what your friends want and you don't know how your friends got there, but at the end of the day, if you really know your friends, it's probably not with cash. Right. If you can't buy it with cash, then you shouldn't be doing it. Right. And I think if you're at the point where you need to think about start starting to downsize, maybe you're a little too late because that means you weren't living within your means the entire time. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> I use the example of uh, my wife and I, we had our first jobs in St. John's, Newfoundland. We wanted to buy a house. We went to George Street every single night for dinner and drinks, every single night, because we were living, you know, the, the dink life, dual income, no kids. Mm-hmm. When we sat down to look for our first house, we had to scale back quite a bit, uh, from our, you know, uh, outly, uh, nightly endeavors, I should say, t- to the, to a realistic budget that we could actually have a house and still go out once a week or once every two weeks. And it was quite uh, alarming how our lifestyle changed, but we wanted a house and that was our priority. So as a result, yeah, we took a scale back from eating out as much and uh, having expensive bottles of wine for dinner and maybe just going to the liquor store to pick that up and cooking our own dinner at home. Right. Right. Yeah, this, you definitely have to weigh what you want and what that's why it's your budget, right? It's if if your main goal is to travel the world and see different places, we'll work that into your budget, right? Maybe exactly. Stay at a cheaper place, but uh, Mike going on your point point, uh, sometimes you hit a point where it's it's uh, it's just too late, right? You you've already dug yourself into that hole. Um, where can a person start if they're looking to work their way out of debt? If they realize, okay, it's, it's getting to that point where it's too late, um, you know, they, they feel like they're just kind of, you know, if they've racked up their credit card bills, they're just kind of keeping up with the interest, but they're not getting anywhere, you know? I think uh, a lot of people have felt that pressure. Um, where, where can people start? Where can people turn to when they've hit that point where they kind of feel like they're just treading water, not quite drowning yet maybe, but uh, getting getting close to that point? Um, I mean, they can always come into their financial institution and meet with someone to see if they can qualify for a consolidation loan. Mm-hmm. Um, if you pose a good credit risk, then sometimes uh, your FI will, uh, will consolidate all those debts into one payment. Um, <clears throat> sometimes you don't qualify. Sometimes it is a little overextended or it's too far and you pose too high of a credit risk for that uh, financial institution or you're outside of the guidelines to be able to take on that outside debt. And a lot of people think, well, I'm paying it now. Why can't you put it into one that's going to make it a smaller payment? It will make it more manageable for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes it's just not that easy. Uh, so if you're, you are one of those people that you are not able to qualify for a debt loan, what you need to do is you need to make a budget, <clears throat> look at what you owe and who you owe. A lot of times people will focus on the bigger balance. It's not always the right thing to do. Um, you should focus on the higher interest. So make your minimum payments on the things that are lower interest. See the thing that's the highest interest and pay aggressively on that. So for example, if your minimum payments are $20 on two other bills and then the uh, one with the highest interest, you can put $100 a month on that. 
So you put your $100 a month on that until it's paid off, and then you take that $100 a month and you put that $100 a month plus the extra money onto the next one. That's now $200 a month on that one, and then you cycle that down. So you don't take the money, the extra money, I guess, that you would say that you're saving each month on the debt that you started to pay off first that is now paid in full. Right. You continue to sit, pay out the same amount of money, just higher amounts on those other debts. Yeah, because I mean, you've already budgeted for that amount, so it makes sense to not say, oh, hey, I've paid this off, and now we can go to two extra movies a month. Mm-hmm. It's, no, I've paid this off, and now I can take that money and, and put it towards uh, paying something else off. The other realistic thing is you want to try and see if you can do that as within 36 months or three years or as close as you can. Three years or 36 months is, I mean, it's not a short time, but it's not an overly long time. After the first year, you're like, okay, I only have two years left. Rather than if you're looking at a five-year loan or longer, people tend to get discouraged and fall off the rails a little quicker. Got it. Got it. Uh, is it good sometimes to set automatic payments and that kind of stuff? If you know that's within your budget, uh, you know they're pretty easy to set up for most financial institutions. I know for us, they're very easy to set up through our, our website, through a mobile app. You can you can schedule payments and all that kind of stuff, whether it's biweekly, monthly. Um, you know, is that something you suggest people do and to to be able to stick within that budget and not fall off the rails? Yeah, definitely. Because if you if you're worried that you're not going to have the money in your account for it to come out on the day that it's due as a pre-authorized debit, then you probably shouldn't have that. Right. So whether that's your cable and internet uh, bill or your cell phone bill because you have 10 gigs of data or you have three lines on your phone because everybody wants it, <clears throat> you know, anything like that, if those things are not necessary to have, then you don't need to have them. Right. Yeah. Consider payday transfer day. <laughs> yeah, the money's exactly. in the account and everything's been set up to, to leave that account and whatever's left in that account is essentially what you have left to spend. Right. Or that's uh, mm-hmm. some of the best practices people use. You know, having a different account for where your bills are supposed to come to your points earlier, having that pre-authorized uh, debit already going to the bill pay that you have to pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, makes it uh, smoother. Uh, it doesn't give you an opportunity to necessarily take money that you would have left in there till the end of the month to make payment. And you're paying uh, less interest over time if you're paying it every single week or whenever your pay frequencies are, as opposed to just waiting till the end of the month. Right. And it also develops or creates credit history. Exactly. So maybe you have come in and you were declined because you're overextended, but you worked hard on it and paid it down. Staying current and making those extra payments is actually going to increase your credit score, which makes you a better credit risk. So then once this is gone after your 36 months, if you did want to look at buying a home or taking a vacation because now you have a budget, then you could possibly qualify for something that's at a lower interest rate. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, For people that that might be embarrassed to talk with friends or family or something about that. We've mentioned coming into your financial institution. Do most financial institutions offer just kind of free advice and that kind of stuff? Like if someone's listening and saying like, I can't afford to go to a financial planner. That's someone else I have to pay. They think it's the same as, as paying their taxes and you pay someone to do that. And they're like, yeah, I'm already struggling. Why am I going to pay someone? Um, you know, are there free services for people to come in and, and get a little bit of budget advice? Yeah, especially at Sydney Credit Union. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, everything is free. 
except for service fees. But <laughs> our advice is always free. So you're more than welcome to come in and sit with anybody to talk about anything that's going on. Um, you know, making a budget, making a plan, whether it's paying yourself or paying down debt or saving for a home or getting a home, whatever it is. Um, we're here and we're always here and it's the most important thing to know about that is it's going to take more than one appointment so you're probably if you stick to it you're probably going to be in at least two or three or more times a year for those couple of years that it takes you to get to where you want to be right right so basically you know, don't be afraid to come in no. and, and get to know these people right it's 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 going to be a long-term thing there's no quick fix right no uh but speaking of quick fixes there are businesses around, I won't name any by names, but I think we can all kind of figure out uh, maybe, you know, some of the places we're talking about. Uh, these places tend to offer that quick fix mentality, uh, whether it's uh, quick access to money or, you know, a, a bankruptcy ad or something like that for a service that says like, oh, we'll wipe your debt clean. Uh, what what are your thoughts on, on those kinds of services and, you know, is there a time when they can be useful or is there, are, are, are those kind of places just to be avoided at, at kind of all costs? Yeah, it's funny. Yesterday I went to my mailbox and I had uh, $5,500 from uh, one of these institutions. Come mm-hmm. in to see us. Here's your card for $5,500. And I was like, geez, what, do I, need, what do I need that for? <laughs> but of course you'll find something that, that is needed for oh, gotcha, yeah. You know, what I would say is, you know, if, if people are feeling like their backs are up against the wall, um, that there's nowhere to go, go speak to your financial institution that, first of all, carries that debt. Mm-hmm. Maybe there is an option, uh, you know, within that uh, institution or come to the Sydney Credit Union and have a conversation first prior to, to going through those avenues. In some cases, some of these companies, you know, may have a, a good repayment uh, plan, so no interest, no payments for 18 months. Sometimes that's better than borrowing it on your line of credit or taking it on the uh, home equity loan. But again, it's about being diligent and it's about understanding that uh, it will have to be paid off and it's about paying it off within that period of time. Uh, but if individuals are you know, looking at bankruptcy, payday loans, uh, some, some of the B lenders uh, like the city financial, et cetera, they're probably not um, in that situation where they can uh, budget to pay that off in the 18 months and they're probably doing it for a Band-Aid. Right, right. Uh, are there other options? There, there are better options for for those people who who are thinking a band aid's the only the only choice, right? Like there's there's always that better option of, of coming in and talking to someone and, and trying to figure something out, right? Yeah, <clears throat> definitely. I mean, sometimes those options are are things that need to be done, but sometimes they're I find that they are uh, a little too too easy, right? Um, so, I mean, while it may offer you a solution and relief immediately, um, the after effect is never really explained properly. Um, so, for example, if you do, you know, maybe you are coming out of university and you're a nursing student and you have some student loans and some credit cards and you're not able to live in your parents' basement because maybe your parents just aren't set up to be able to do that or, or have you there or they're not here. Um, so you have to just fend for yourself and you're thinking, you know, what am I going to do? I have to pay this, I have to pay that. And then you hear that radio ad and you walk in and you try and do that. 
Um, and then <clears throat> you make payments on that that are much smaller for you know maybe nine months up to 24 months and then it's gone and you think okay well it's it's gone well no it's not gone it's on your credit report um, it stays there for six years after you're discharged from that and then after those six years is when your credit history starts to reestablish so you have to get something again to make something happen and to get something after you've written everybody off is difficult to do. Right. Um, and that's not really explained to you when you walk in and you say, I have too many student loans and I didn't get a full-time job yet and I'm not really sure how I'm going to do this or that and I'd rather just not pay it. Um, those are kind of the consequences that you run into that. So you have to, again, it's all about planning. If So if you're going to make a budget, if you spent the money, pay it back if you can. Um, you know, and then make that budget, and that budget should help you get to where you want to be. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, those things sometimes need to be there if there's a situation that arises in life. Maybe you've been with your spouse for 25 or 30 years, and there was an accident, and you went from two incomes to one income, um, and there's nothing you could do about that. Maybe you didn't have insurance coverage or didn't qualify for insurance or think about insurance. And, you know, now you go from, you know, half of what you were earning, which is difficult. And those are types of, those types of situations are what those programs are designed for. Right. Um, not just because things or times get tough or you feel like you have a lot of debt and you can't do it. Um, so I'm just going to pull the plug and walk away and start over. It's not really as easy as it sounds. Right. Right. Just good advice because, you know, I think the last uh, study I read, 11% of Canadians have used one of those like a payday loan kind of service. Uh, and I think that percentage kind of goes up in uh, places like like ours that are a little bit more uh, financially depressed uh, in, in certain aspects, for sure. Um, so that's uh, that's some great stuff to to go on. Um, it can be very serious to talk about this kind of stuff and yeah. to think about this stuff. You really need to sit down uh, with your your loved one, your family, or even just sit down if if you're just on your own and just kind of you know take that hard look in the mirror and, and really face facts and and uh, and be willing to change your lifestyle and and all that kind of stuff. Um, but there can be light at the end of the tunnel, for sure, uh, and places like Sydney Credit Union are here to help. Uh, before we go, any parting advice for people who are feeling that financial stress uh, or beginning to and, uh, and you know, are looking for ways out? Well, all I want to finish off on is doing it early uh, and doing it often is always a best practice. A budget is only part of a financial plan. So budget kind of gives you the understanding of where you're at, where your shortcomings are. Uh, but further, to Mike's point uh, earlier about potentially one individual is off work, you know, then there becomes insurance needs. Then there becomes also planning for an emergency to sort of save three to six months worth of uh, worth of bills or, or discretionary or non-discretionary spending things you have to pay for like rent or mortgage, etc. So the budget is only part of a financial plan and it's the start of it. Uh, so, so getting a good sense of where you're at in your budget should then also help Sydney Credit Union uh, provide you better financial advice moving forward. But the earlier, the better. Perfect. Mike, yeah. any last bit? I agree. I mean, if, you, if, you're feeling, if you're feeling the pinch or you just don't know or you're feeling confused, just pick up the phone, give us a call, and come in and talk about it. For sure. You know, because the funny thing uh, that Mark brought up just earlier, 
was that we may learn the, the a formula, algebra, you name it uh, in school. I can't even say the theorem. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is no financial planning courses throughout high school, uh, which is alarming, especially with the amount of Canadians that are feeling the burden and the, the amount of debt that Canada has. I'm sure that will change uh, slow but steady and they'll be added to the curriculum. But mm-hmm. financial planning isn't there now, and that's why financial institutions, especially our cooperative, the credit union, is the best place to come for that type of advice. For sure. And, and we do things throughout the community. Uh, we've held, you know, financial planning seminars and first-time homebuyer seminars and that kind of thing. So it is something that we offer and can definitely offer again if there's interest. So if you're listening to this, you have some interest, find us on Facebook, find us on Twitter, Instagram, uh, give us a call, whatever way you want to get a hold of us and, uh, and just ask whether that's setting up an appointment or if we get enough interest, uh, anytime we feel that interest, we'll, we'll put on one of those seminars. Um, so, you know, let us know, let us know, uh, what you want from us and, uh, and come in for an appointment. We're always here. Uh, I think we're going to wrap up there. Thank you very much for listening to the, uh, cooperative money matters podcast, uh, from Sydney credit union. Hope you subscribe, rate us on whatever podcast service you're listening on and, uh, and share this with your friends because everyone, uh, at some point, it seems, deals with a little bit of financial stress. It might not be all the time, but everyone seems to go through this at some point in their life, so it's very useful information to have. Thanks very much for listening. Till next time.